Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Exodus chapter 25. Uh, Exodus chapter 25, the word of God says this, verse 1. Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You're to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts him to give. These are the offerings you're to receive from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins, uh, dyed red and another type and another type of durable leather, uh, acacia wood, um, here at church, if you want to tithe with other things, here, here's our list. Olive oil. We, we always accept olive oil. Uh, for the light spices, the anointing oil and the fragrant incense and onyx stones and other gems. I come on Sunday mornings, there's always some produce on my on my, my table because the Italian congregation actually believe this is literal. Uh, then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Go over to Exodus 36, Exodus 36, verse 2 says this, Then Moses summoned uh, Bezalel and Holiab, you always have to say this with confidence, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had bought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing or the work of the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough. Everybody say more than enough. Yeah, more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to take anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing, from bringing more uh, because what they had already was more than enough to do all the work. And so Father, we thank you. Father, that your grace and your spirit is here today. We just invite you to just come and let this word become a revelation in our hearts. We love you, Lord God. Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses me, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can see what it is that you want to impart into our lives through your word. I thank you that you're going to speak to all of us today, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I want to begin with a question today. If I could give you a vitamin supplement uh, that had been scientifically proven to improve your health, lower blood pressure, lower risk for dementia, reduce anxiety and depression, lower stress, make you happy, improve relationships, help you to live longer, would you be interested in getting a bottle of this? Come on, would you be interested in getting a bottle that get, does all of that for you, a bottle of those kind of vitamins? Well, stay tuned 
because we have a very special offer for you today. It's just for today, just for Life Christian Centre members. Um, and um, I'm going to come back to that and we're going to give you that offer before the service ends. Um, this is the last message in a series we've been in, uh, in entitled The Ways of God. The Ways of God. Title comes from a prayer of Moses uh, that he prayed to God that he said, if you're pleased with me. Now, I just, I just love, I love, the, I love the heart of Moses. It doesn't matter how many times I repeat this verse. It still speaks to me and it still challenges me and it still motivates me. It's the heart of Moses, if you're pleased with me. Well, what do you mean if you're pleased with me, Moses? I mean, it was Moses that saw God at the burning bush. It was Moses that saw the 10 plagues. It was Moses who was holding a staff in his hand, threw it to the ground. It becomes a snake. He picks it up and it becomes a staff. It was Moses. Who, 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 who touched the Red Sea, it opened up and God had used him to water from a rock and on and on and the list goes on and on, manna from heaven and yet he gets to this place. If you're pleased with me, there's a sense of humility about this. Um, teach me your ways, man. Uh, uh, if you're pleased with me, make me wealthy, God. If you're pleased with me, just give me a really high position. If you're pleased with me, you know, give me the stuff I need. No, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Man, we could just sit with there, right there, and we're done for the day. <laughs> uh, I love the prayer. I love the spirit in the heart of Moses. David prayed something similar. And, you know, you kind of get a sense. A couple of guys of the Old Testament who would use powerfully by God. And by the way, some commentators, and you may argue differently, some commentators have thought that Moses was probably the most significant person after Christ uh, in, in, in the Bible because it was Moses that was used by God in quite a, quite a powerful way. Some might argue differently, but, but certainly Moses was one of those people. David, another one. Look at the heart of David. David says in Psalm 25, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you, God, my Saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. There's no worse place to be than in a place of hopelessness. Hopelessness is when you feel like there is no way out of this. Hopelessness is what you feel when I can't see a way through this, out of this. Uh, I, I just can't see how we're going to get to the other side. That's hopelessness. And uh, I, I, I love, and despair is even deeper than that. Uh, despair is even worse. Despair is when you get to a place where, forget it, there's no way out of this. It's done, I'm finished. But I, I love the scripture and I love the heart of David because he says, my hope is in you, Lord God. My, I can't see a way out of this, but my hope is in you. So Lord, will, will you show me a way? Will you teach me your paths? In fact, could you go one step further, Lord? Could you physically guide me through this particular situation to get me to the other side? Maybe you're in a situation today that seems hopeless. Come on, maybe you're in a situation where you've said to yourself, I, I can't see a way through this. Well, why don't we pray? Come on, Lord, show me your ways. I love this. Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. Guide me in what, what is the right thing, not what seems like the right thing. Guide me in your truth because God's Word says you shall know the truth and the truth is going to set you free. 
Guide me in your truth, Lord God. Help me to see this from your perspective. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Okay, Lord God, so would you show me what they look like? Because there's the kind of prayers that God answers. Can I hear an amen? When we speak about the ways of God, we're speaking about the principles of God, the commands of God, the things that God thinks are important. It's the will of God for whatever situation you're facing. It's the way that God does things. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at an important question that we've pulled out of the text that says, the question is quite simple, well, what are the ways of God? Like, you know, when when this became a revelation, it's 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 a verse, it's a question that I've been asking Myself all year, I've got a little black book uh, that I kind of write stuff into and as I get a thought for a message, I write it in there and, and just ideas and I've got three or four pages on, well, what are the ways of God that reveal the heart of God and uh, release His favour? It's a great question to ask and one that you can contemplate for yourself. And well, what are the principles, the commands of God that bring us to know him and release his favour. Well, so far we've looked at, you know, a few. We looked at the way of desire, that God reveals himself to people that want to know his ways. If you want to know the ways of God, just ask him. And he will reveal his ways to you. Seek after him. It's the way of humility. It's, it's a humble heart and a humble spirit. Moses was, was already up there. But, but, but you can see the humility in, in the verse. He's saying, God, you know, uh, if you please teach me your ways. I want to know your ways. And then the last time I spoke, we spoke about the way of the wilderness. Sometimes it's in the wilderness where we get the greatest revelation of who God is. Well, today I want to speak about another way. It's the way of generosity. Generosity is defined in the dictionary as liberal in giving or sharing, unselfish, free from meanness or smallness of mind or character. Now, so often when we think about generosity immediately, we think about finance, but generosity is a much bigger subject than that. It's connected to words like kind, liberal, uh, big-hearted, uh, um, open-handed, bountiful, abundant, beautiful words, the kind of words that you want people to describe your life with. The opposite of generous is words like stingy, miserly, open, uh, tight-fisted, penny-pinching, selfish, mean, Uh, not the kind of person you want to hang out with. You know what I'm saying? Now, I pray that as individuals and as a church, we're going to grow in the grace of generosity. Paul preached to the to the church in in in, in uh, Corinthians, and he says, you know, just as you grow in in love and in grace and in mercy and knowledge, and grow also. I'm praying that you're going to grow also in the area of generosity and giving. I pray that as a church, we're always going to have a generous spirit. We're going to be generous with our time. We're going to be generous with mercy. Come on, how many people know we need to be generous with mercy? You know, we, 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 are, we are so quick to lose it. We're so quick to, 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 to make judgment on people, to pass judgment on people. But God wants us to be generous with mercy. How, how generous has God been with us in the area of mercy? Come on. Some of us are here because God was so generous with us. Amen. Some more than others in Jesus' name. Generous in encouragement. Generous in complaining. Be generous in encouragement. 
You know, when you go to a restaurant and, and you served well, be generous, you know, and just, hey, that was great. Thank, thank you for what you're doing. People are people and they, they have good days and bad days and we expect everybody to be on, on song when we arrive. Oh, Joe's arrived. We got to, you know, let's look up. People are people. They're going to have good days. They're going to have some bad days. Be a source of encouragement. Be generous with encouragement. Be generous with your knowledge. You know how some people, you know, they kind of like keep their cards very close to their chest, you know. Um, you know, they, got, they, got, they know stuff, but they're not going to pass it on. That's awful. Be generous with knowledge. Be generous with love. Be generous with grace. Bible has so much to say about generosity. Let me give you a few quick scriptures. Psalm 112, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. That's a scripture. Come on. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. Uh, the Passion Translation says, life is good for the one who's generous. Um, you want to have a good life? You want to be happy? You want to, you, you want to have joy? Then learn to cultivate a, a generous spirit. It's beautiful. Open-handed. Proverbs eleven twenty five: a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others. I mean, the world says the complete opposite. The world says a stingy person, a person that hoards, a person that keeps it to themselves, they're the ones who are going to do well. If you start giving it away, how can you possibly prosper? But God's word is completely different. To, God's wisdom is completely different to the world's wisdom. Can I hear an amen? A generous man will prosper and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And again, when we think about prosperity, we think about it in financial terms and certainly may apply to that. But we can prosper in so many other ways. We can prosper in our family, in our career, business, in life. It's the will of God for us to prosper. Prosperity has been hijacked by some, by some, by some sectors of, of the Christian world even and, and misused and so on. But prosperity needs to be redeemed. It's a Bible word. God wants us to prosper. God said to, to, to Joshua, if you, if you follow my word and meditate on my word, then, then you're going to be successful and you're going to prosper. It's the will of God for us to, to prosper in the name of Jesus, in a godly way. Proverbs 22, 9, a generous man will himself be blessed for he shares his food with the poor. Again, the word blessed there is happy. Uh, it's joyful. Uh, a generous man will be blessed. A generous woman will be blessed. By the grace of God. Paul, in writing to Timothy, encourages him to speak to those who are well off. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. All right, there's, a, there's another, an, another area of wealth. There's financial wealth, but Paul is speaking about rich in good deeds. Do good. And to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, I know some of you here are going, oh, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not rich. It applies to the rich. We're not rich. Um, let me remind you that most of us here, all of us here today, when we look at the world, we are in the top 5% of wealthy people worldwide. That makes you rich. If you've got some coin, well, no, if you've got a credit card in your pocket these days, not coins, uh, then you're doing really well. If you've got a roof over your head, 
You know, I, we, we underestimate it. I was looking at, watching a documentary recently that was talking about just, you know, a snapshot of the world. And when you, when you, when you look at the world uh, uh, in total, you just see how much poverty. We, we, we have no idea. We have no idea how blessed we really are. And so this, rich, this word here applies to all of us. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and so on and so on. Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and a running over. I just love this because he could have just stopped, given it shall be given to you, full stop. But, but, but Christ wants us to understand how generous he is. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it's going to come right back at you. Shall be measured back to you. It's the power of generosity. It's the power of you choosing the way of generosity. So what I want to do this morning, I want to look at three areas that we're called to be uh, generous in. And I just pray uh, that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to all of us here today. Firstly, we're called to be generous towards those in need. We are called to be generous to those in need. Bible is filled with scriptures that speak about the responsibility to those who are poor and those who don't have what we have. God said this to the people of Israel. He said, if... If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land of the Lord your God is giving you, here he says here, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather be open-handed. What a blessing. Rather be open. I just love the imagery of it. You know, it's, it's words that, that, that actually portray a picture. Hard-hearted, tight-fisted, open-handed. Rather be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbour this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year for cancelling debts is near so that you do not show ill uh, will toward their need among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to them and, and do so without a grudging heart then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. I mean, the, the scripture there is pretty self-explanatory and it's speaking about the blessing of being generous to those who are poor. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in the land. Uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, be generous to the poor. Proverbs says, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. I mean, there, there it is right there. If a man, if a church shuts their ears to the cry of the poor, God isn't going to answer. Proverbs 19 says, who's kind to the poor, lends to the Lord and he will reward him for what he has done there. And I could give you hundreds of other scriptures that talk about our responsibility as believers and as Christians to be able to reach out to those in need, to be generous to, the, to those in need. And I pray that, that as a church, come on church, stay with me. I pray that we're never going to be a tight-fisted church. Can I hear an amen? I pray that we're never going to take for granted the blessing that we experience every single day in our lives and, and, and that we are, we, we are not going to be tight-fisted in the name of Jesus, but we are always going to be open-handed in Jesus' name. Why? Because that's what God wants us to be. That's what God wants us to do. And you know, as a church, we, we've got a program called Love in Action and I know so many of you are serving in that there 
area and giving towards that. And it's, you know, we're going to do our part. We don't have the answer for poverty in our city. We don't have the answer for, uh, for the needs, all the needs in our city, but we're going to do our part in Jesus' name. We're, 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 going, to, we're, going, to, we're going to do what we can do by His grace and, and for His glory. You know, it's so easy to look down on the poor. It's so easy, so easy to become judgmental of the poor. Can, can I hear an amen? Not you. No one here has ever judged anyone that's poor. But it's so easy to look at them and go, oh, you know. <laughs> you know, it's those, it's those little thoughts that go, look at them. But the reality is we're all one decision away from stupid. Can I hear an amen? Oh, they're just going to, if I give them money, they're just going to spend it on hmm, alcohol or something bad. Because we don't waste money on anything, do we? No, 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 no. All our money is... I remember one pastor telling a story. He went past a poor guy, he, he you know, was begging and was looking for money and you know, he decided not to, not to give any money because, you know, he thought, well, they're just going to use it on you know, bad things. And, and then he went to a store, bought some chocolate <laughs> and then walked past back again. <laughs> and the, the Holy Spirit convicted him and said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, chocolate's okay, you know, but other stuff, I'm kind of with that. But that, 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 you know, that's the way we think. And we need to be careful of that. Again, I don't have the answers to poverty and I, it's complex. It is complicated. But we want to, by the grace of God, do our part. In helping them. And there's also more than one way to, to be poor and more than one way to be needy. And we live in a wealthy nation, but there's an emotional poverty and a spiritual poverty. People have so much and yet have so little. And I just pray that God would open our eyes to see those in need. People that may have everything, but, but be emotionally, spiritually poor. And, and, and God wants us to be able to to be able to provide and to be able to give in that, in that area. Secondly, we're called to be generous towards the undeserving. Uh, if you had to describe what God is like, how would you describe Him? Uh, what kind of words would you use? Most of us would use words like loving and gracious and righteous and just. Another word we could use to describe Him is generous. One, one, of, the, one of the qualities or characteristic of God is generous. God is a generous God. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. He didn't give His leftovers, He gave His best for you and me. Um, listen to what Titus actually says. He says, at one time we too were foolish and disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Saviour appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us, there's the word, generously, through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. One of the great dangers for those of us that have been in faith is we can become introverted and egocentric and exclusive and we separate ourselves from others and and we can start to think that we have, we have what we have because we deserve it. We, we worked hard for it. We, we earned it. And we deserve God's blessings because we, we, we are better. We, are, we work harder. You know, we deserve it. And the reason we start thinking like that is because we've forgotten the generosity of God. We've forgotten who we were and what God has done for us. L listen carefully. Gratitude 
always leads to generosity. Gratitude always leads to generosity. When I think about my own life, I think about who I was. When, 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 I, when I think about all the amazing things that God has done in my life, when I think about the blessings, the favour of God, where I could be or couldn't be right now, Lord God, but I, I just say, God, you've done so much in my life. You've blessed me way beyond I could even ask or ever imagine. And when you understand that and begin to thank God for that and, and go to God with gratitude, the, the outworking of that is generosity. God has been so generous with me. How can I not be generous with others? I'm not here because of how smart I am. I'm not here because of how intelligent I am, because I made the right decisions. I'm here by the grace of God. Gratitude always leads to generosity. When, when you remember how much God has done, you cannot but be generous. A great example of this in the life of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He's marginalised. He's underserving. Jesus could easily have said to him, I'm not stopping at your house. You're a tax collector. But Jesus says, today I'm coming to your house to eat. And after his interaction with Jesus, we know he was transformed. How? He said, I'm going to give half I own to the poor. Immediately, look at the transformation. How do we know that something had changed in his life? I tell you how we know. He, he, he expressed that transformation through generosity. And I'm going to pay back those that I've cheated. He said four times. Oh, but he needed to do that because he had cheated people. Well, he could have just given it back. But instead he says, no, I'm going to pay back four times. This is generous spirit. Gratitude always leads to generosity. And the closer we get to God, the more generous we will be. The more we become like Jesus, the more we will hear, speak like Jesus, sound like Jesus, talk like Jesus, do the very things that Jesus would do. And one of the things that's going to happen, we're going to naturally be more generous because God is a generous God. He's a generous God in every way. When we get a revelation of what God has done for us, when we remember we had a debt we couldn't pay, we were lost and foolish, we were enslaved by all kinds of stuff, but when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us. He saved us. And it wasn't just, you know, He just saved us. He, he, the, the, First John says, um, He poured out His love on us. He, he lavishly poured out His love on us. It's powerful. And when we get a revelation of that, the outworking of that is generosity. It's generosity. You know what I've got, you've got. Now, I know you guys are a generous church. I already know. Sorry, I'm preaching to the choir. I know. Um, you guys are an incredibly generous church. And I thank God for you. And thank God for how you continuously open up. You know, even if we talked about missions and how you quickly respond to that kind of stuff. And, and I, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to just keep on doing that. You're, you're, it, it's one of the ways. Of, Moses says, teach me your ways. One of the ways of God is the way of generosity. Don't let the mindset of the world infiltrate or, 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 or change the way you think. Continue to be generous by the grace of God. By the grace of God. God gave, not so that we could hoard his love, but so that we could give it away generously. Number three, we're called to be generous towards the house of God. Great example of this in the text we read in Exodus 25. God speaks to Moses to tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. And then have them make a sanctuary for me. And I'm going to dwell among them. And so the people went away and brought uh, offerings and the, the, the tabernacle was, was, was built. Notice a few things from the text. 
First of all, it says, uh, first of all, they gave to God. You can write that down in your notes. They gave to God. Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You're to receive the offering from me, for me. Uh, when we give, we need to ask ourselves, are we giving to a church? Are we giving to God? It makes all the difference. Why are we giving? If you're giving to a church, you're just paying the bills. Well, it's okay. But, uh, but when we give to God, when we get a revelation of the reality that we're actually, we're actually giving to God, um, it's an act of worship, an act of obedience, of gratitude, thanksgiving. When we give, we first and foremost give to God. It, it changes the way we give. It changes how we give. We're giving to God. You know, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's building the church. How does he build the church? He builds the church through people like you and me. We are builders of the church and we build with our resources, our time, the gifts that God has given us. When we give, first and foremost, we give to God. Secondly, they gave from their heart. He said, you had to receive the offering from me, from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. Um, I love that the offering wasn't forced or mandatory. You know, this wasn't, you know, a tax on the people that you have to give, but it, but it, 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 it prompted everyone with how, they, how they felt prompted to give. Back in COVID, we, uh, we, if you've been coming to this church, you'll, you'll know that we, we don't actually physically take an offering on a Sunday morning. And during COVID, we stopped doing that um, because of, you know, uh, you know we want, didn't want to spread COVID and so on and so on. And, and we stopped doing that. And we, we've never gone back because God has just been so good. You guys have been in a, an incredibly generous church and, and giving and, and, and God is gracious. But I, I kind of love that. I kind of love that we don't take an offering per se because in order for us to give, you know, people have to be intentional about it. Uh, you've got to make a decision with the will. We can't kind of manoeuvre you on a Sunday morning and try to get you to, to, to give and move your emotions somehow. You know, if you want to give, you actually have to make a decision. You have to understand why and how and, 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 and you have to go to the website and you have to do a bit of work, make an offering and, and so on and so on. And I kind of love that. I kind of love that about our giving. It says they gave from their heart. It wasn't something forced. Or, or put upon them, but, but they gave from the heart. And when we give, it should always be something that, that, that we give uh, with our heart. And secondly, they presented it as a wave offering. They would, they would wave it before the Lord. And uh, it says that in Exodus 35, 22. In other words, they presented their offering as an act of worship to God. It's a way of thanksgiving. You know, we talked about thanksgiving before. When we give our offering, we're saying, God, thank you. Thank you. You know, back in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were required to bring a tithe of, 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 of uh, their produce and they were to bring it into the temple. And when they brought it into the temple, they had to tell their story. Uh, we were lost in, in, uh, in Egypt, but God delivered us out of Egypt and He's brought us here and into the promised land. And, and God has blessed us and given us so much. And here's a tithe. It was a reminder of who they were and where they are now and the fact that God has brought them here and blessed them. When we give, it's an act of worship and say, God, you blessed us beyond anything that we could ever experience. I know some of you don't feel blessed. As I said before, there are some people barely earning a day, a dollar a day. When they wake up in the morning, they're not thinking the red or the blue. Can't make up my mind. The beige or the off beige, slightly white. They're thinking, where am I going to get a bowl of rice from today? And that's the majority of the world uh, that, 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 that lives in that kind of condition. And so we need to be thankful. It's an act, when we give, it's an act of worship. 
It's saying, thank you, Father. Thank you. You bless me beyond anything that I could ever imagine. We get in our cars. Roost out of the garage. We don't even want to get out. You know what I mean? To close the roller door. door. No, oh no, we've got to push a button. We don't even want the effort to roll down a window. Oh, that's too much work. And stop arguing in the cars with husband and wife. It's too cold, it's too hot, it's too cold. So we got dual air conditioning. You can choose your temperature, you can use your... I mean... It's, <laughs> As Seinfeld says, there's because there's an invisible barrier down the middle that stops the air from going into, you know. <laughs> Our offering is an act of worship. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and God, God ordained that. So that the people would never forget. Because the danger for all of us is that we forget where we come from. That we forget where we are. That we, 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 we start to cultivate ingratitude. We, we start to look at what everybody else has and what we don't have. And our giving is an, is a, is a, is an act of worship to say, thank you, Father. I don't sing in church because I have to. I, I love God. I love to express that through worship. And giving is another way we express our worship. Then... They were super generous. The Bible says they, 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 they gave free will offerings morning after morning. And every day they kept getting more and more. At one point, the, the builders, the tradies stopped working. They went on strike and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. And then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman has, should give anything else towards the sanctuary. We're not there yet. Okay, we're, we're, we're not there. We're getting closer, but we're not there just yet. All right. And so the people were restrained. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Stop. Get back. <laughs> You're giving too much. Um, they gave more than enough. It's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be a more than enough church. Come on, I want, I want our cup to overflow in the name of Jesus. I, I, I want us to be a, a more than enough kind of church. Come on, where God has blessed us in so many different ways, but we want to be a blessing to so many areas in our society and, and groups. And so we want to be a more than enough kind of church. Open-handed, not tight-fisted. In Jesus' name. People often say, you know, they talk to some pastors, oh, we don't have enough. You know, we, we always want more money, blah, blah, blah. It's a revelation of the kingdom of God is what we need. It's never about the money. It's always about vision. I want to be an open-handed church. God used us to do more in the name of Jesus. You know, I was speaking to a guy this week, um, and he's from Wycliffe Bible Translator, says there's uh, 1,200 languages left to translate the Bible into their language. And there's people dedicated. And we, through missions, we do a little part in supporting uh, uh, that. But we want to do more. Why couldn't we do more? In that area, be used by God. And the offering had purpose. God said, tell them to bring an offering and then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. Man, I'm running out of time. If we don't understand why we give, we'll become resentful about giving. But when we understand what the church is all about, we give freely. God says, I want you to build a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among you. I'll dwell among you. I'll be there. When you, when you build it, I'll be there. I'll be, I will dwell among you. You know what we need as a church more than anything else? It's the presence of God.
It's the presence of God. You know, when we talk about church health, we have all these barometers and markers and all of them are all good. But one of the things I forever look for is, did we sense God's presence on Sunday morning? Did God speak? Did God move our hearts uh, in, in, in one? Did we feel God's presence on Sunday morning or not? God says, you, you build and I'm going I'm, I'm to dwell among you. And later he says, and there I will meet with you and there I will speak to you. It's powerful. I'm not going to just dwell among you. I'm actually going to meet you and then I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you. How many would say that God has spoken to us at one point or another through the word? through the church. Uh, every time I come to church, um, I say, God, speak to me. Type I open the word, God, speak to me. And God does. We can see the church building as bricks and mortar, gyprock and studs. That was a joke, all right? Sorry. So, or you can see it for what it is. Place where we worship, where we find God, we learn the word, God speaks, where our children receive instruction. We, where we can come and when we're down and find comfort, uh, a place where we can pray, discover our gifts, our hearts and restored, and a place where we meet with God, where God meets with us. Man, if we have a healthy church, we have a healthy life. Never underestimate that. Ne never underestimate the power of the local church in helping us be the kind of people God wants us to be, live the kind of life God wants us to live. David said, because I've set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of God. We give to whatever has our affections. Be because I've set my affection on the house, I love the house of God. I love the house of God. I love this. I love this. I love everything that this represents. Growing up in church, I love it. I just love coming to church. Well, Pastor Joe, you just love church because they pay your salary. I would do this if I wasn't paid. I do this because this is what I believe God has called me to do. Payment is an option. I would do it, I would do it even if I wasn't. I love the church. I love the church. I love gathering together. I love two or three gathering together in my name. I have set my affection on the house of God and that's what I'm gonna give to. Whatever has our affections is whatever gets our time, our thoughts, our finance. I want to set my affections on the house of God. Some of the most important spiritual moments in my life happened right here at church. Some of the, some of the markers of my life happened right here. It's where I got saved, baptised in water, baptised with the Holy Spirit, taught the Word, heard God speak, met my wife, presented the children to God. It's through loving and godly leaders that taught me, guided me at significant crossroads of my life. Went to see a pastor, help me. What do you think I should do, left or right? Go left. I think it's the, be it's the better way to go. I got this issue, don't know what to do, do this. It's gonna help you. And my life is different because of the house of God. My life is better. My, our marriage is better because of the house. Our family is better because of the house of God because of the house of God. And why is the house of God healthy? It's healthy because all of us make this house healthy. It's not Pastor Joe's church, it's not the leadership's church, it's all of our church. This, if this house is healthy, it's because we are all healthy. It's because we're all praying. 
It's because we're all believing. It's because we're all serving. It's because we're all doing something. It's because we're all protecting. When the enemy starts to sneak in with criticism and, and so on, so down the road, it's criticized. Hey, we don't criticize. We protect the unity of the house of God. We protect it at all costs because we know where there's unity, there's the blessing and the favour of God. We pray, we seek after God. We can come on a Tuesday. We'll be there because we believe in the power of prayer. Pastor Joe, I can't make it, but you can count on me. 12.30, I'll be praying. We all take responsibility for the health of the house of God. Our time, our energy and our finance as well. Some people say the church just wants your money. In a church, they just want your money. Let me help you a little bit. No one here thinks like that, but let me say this anyway. Apple is after your money. Samsung is after your money. That's for the Android, you know, the Androids. You know, they always get nervous because when you say Apple and don't say Samsung, they <laughs> Amazon is after your money. Maya, David Jones, Domino's Pizza is after your money. <laughs> Armani, Gucci, Zara, Honda, Mercedes, Toyota, L'Oreal, because you're worth it. <laughs> They're after your money as well. <laughs> Every credit card company's after your money. And we need to choose. How will we use this valuable resource? How are we going to use the valuable resource of time? And how are we going to use the valuable resource of our finance? Here's Jesus' wisdom. Do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Invest in the kingdom. There's nothing wrong with stuff. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But we make sure that we invest in things that will last for eternity. For those that don't know, the Bible encourages us to give a tithe and so for the work of God and certainly something that I grew up with. Some of you may think that's a bit heavy, but let me help you because it gets worse. The Bible says it talks about three tithes. It talks about a tithe to support the Levites. Second tithe was reserved for the festivals. And every three years they collected another tithe and gave it to the poor. And when we give, we give for three reasons. We give to support the work of God. When we give, we give to support missions work. That's three billion people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, 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 uh, that statistic's got to grab you. It's got to grab you. It's got to grab us. So many, so many people groups that don't even have a Bible, a verse in their language. It's got to grab us. We want to do our part. It's an act of worship and celebration unto God. God wants to bless us with good things. Nothing wrong with stuff. Nothing wrong with that. Let's make sure our priorities are in the right place. It's to help those in need and poor. And God promises so much blessing when we do. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and bless you beyond anything you could ever imagine. So I've lost that. I've run out of time. So if you want a vitamin that will improve your health, lower blood pressure, lower risk for dementia, reduce anxiety, depression, lower stress, make you happy, improve relationships, help you live longer, take generosity. Stephen G. Post of Stony Brook University said, if you were somehow able to package this into a compound, you'd be a billionaire overnight. Some of us have done some work this week, packaging, experimenting scientifically, 
And so this morning we're going to present a vitamin called generosity. Scientifically proven to help you. There it is right there. Genuine purity, by the way. Take it as many times as you can every day. It's going to help you. Moses said, if you're pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. What are the ways? One of the ways is the way of generosity. I pray as a church, we will be a generous church in Jesus' Name. Come on, church. Let's be a generous church in Jesus' Name. Let's be a church that is known for its generosity. We're generous in our time. We're generous, generous in our giftings, finance. We're generous. We're a generous church. And you know, culturally, those of us that are European, Asian, whatever culture you've got, there's just something about this church. I know you're a generous church. I hear about it all the time. And my encouragement to you is just keep on being generous in the name of Jesus. Keep on being generous. Don't, don't, don't have a tight-fisted spirit. Have an open-handed spirit in Jesus' Name. Pray that as a church, we'll never forget what we're really all about being generous towards the needy, the undeserving, the house of God. And that we would take every opportunity we can to see God move. That when we give to the house of God, we're giving because we want the presence of God amongst us. A healthy church is a healthy life. A healthy church is a healthy marriage. A healthy church is a healthy family. Let's all take responsibility for that and see the glory of God come amongst us. Can I hear it, amen? Is that all right? that okay? Come on, stand with me. Let me challenge you. We, we, we don't talk a lot about this in church. Try it at least once a year to talk about it. Um, and you know, maybe you've never tithed. Maybe you've, you've, you've just never um, thought about giving a tent. Man, that's... Oh. Like I said, I, gave, I started giving a tithe when I was 14. First job, 10% went to the Lord. And I've never looked back. God has blessed me, blessed me, blessed me, blessed me, blessed me. Beyond anything I could ever, ever, ever imagine. And uh, God says, you know, in His Word, He says, test me in this. What area? The area of giving. See if I'm not going to bless you beyond anything you could ever handle. Uh, some, some, I, I, over the years, I've talked to a lot of people in church. Some say, oh, I don't believe in the tithe. Fine, don't give. <laughs> God is not in heaven. Go, oh, no, what are we going to do? You know? Um, if you give, it's you'll be blessed. <laughs> the house of God will be blessed. The kingdom will be blessed as we do our part by His grace and for His glory. I want to challenge some of you in that area. And maybe you've, 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 it's going to require a bit of reorganization. Reorganize in the name of Jesus. I challenge people, give 10%, the first 10% to the, to the house of God, the next 10%, save, invest. Live off of 80. If you can't live off of 80%, something's wrong. You need to rebudget. Uh, and if you're a young person, uh, you don't live off 80%, you should live on 30% or something like that and save the rest so that you can, you know, invest and so on. But I pray that God will continue to use us to be a blessing to many others in Jesus' name. So Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is truth. It brings freedom. And so guide and lead us, I pray. We thank you that you loved us so much that you gave, you gave your one and only son 
that has absolutely transformed our lives. And we're so grateful for your generosity towards us. Open our eyes this week as we go to see the needs around us and use us in some way. Uh, Father, to, to be a blessing to those around us, we pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Homework for this week. Just find someone to be generous with. You know, buy someone a coffee, lunch, do something. Do something nice for somebody. Be generous with someone and let God use you in a powerful way. God bless you.